Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, as we transition to the spiritual, if you're not already at Matthew chapter 7, please go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Uh, this morning we are dealing with verses 15 through 20. Verses 15 through 20 from Matthew chapter 7. We started uh, in Matthew chapter 7 with verse number 13 uh, last week. Uh, we are looking at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount starts in Matthew chapter 5. And it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And so Jesus has done a whole lot of teaching really on the attitude and the behavior and the understanding that those who are part of the kingdom need to have. Because people had been, they had heard tradition and they had heard a whole lot of misinterpretation of scripture and Jesus sets the stage in this sermon to help people to understand if you're gonna be a faithful follower of God, then it starts with having the right attitude because we would get so caught up on actions that we will fail to realize, but you gotta have the right attitude when you do some stuff. Right. You can put uh, your offering in the collection plate, but if you are grudgingly giving it, Jesus says you ought to keep the money in your pocket because it's not doing you any spiritual good. And I, and I think we need to begin to understand the church is not going to suffer if you choose not to give. Right. Now, if you want to be cursed, <laughs> then you go ahead and do that. But the church, God's going to take care of us. Amen. And so I, we need to start understanding that because we're not going to beg nobody to give. Amen. If you don't understand your spiritual responsibilities when it comes to that, and I'm just talking about giving, but it could also be singing in the worship. It could also be talking about ministry. It's the same principle. And so, so I encourage you when we gather, get, get with the program. Get, get with the program. Uh, rejoice in the time that we're here. So Jesus here, uh, as he is giving these, these final instructions to, in the sermon, he's really calling people to make a response. Every time the word of God is proclaimed, be it in a sermon or in a Bible class, there ought to be a response. And there will be a response. It's not always visible. And so we get hung up on how many people made prayer requests and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's be real. Most of the prayer requests you hear have nothing to do with the sermon. They are requests for folk praying for their sick people, praying for travel, praying for job promotion, stuff like that. Had nothing to do with the sermon. They're requests that we come here with. Now, as I told the 8 o'clock service, some of that stuff you ought to be praying for in your house. As a Christian, you are a priest, and you can talk to God uh, just like the brothers who pray during the worship service. So stop relying on them to do what you ought to be doing. Uh, that's why I, I've told these brothers who come up here, if you need to edit what's on the prayer request cards, you edit it. And, and some of you in the past have gotten an attitude because of that. Well, you need to recognize God knew what you wrote on the paper. God knows. He's the one who's going to have to answer your prayer, isn't it? This brother who's praying may or may not even be able to get a prayer through. So we, we made this something magical about bringing your prayer requests here when the only person who you really know their spiritual condition is you. So think about that the next time you're waiting all week long to come and make a prayer request here when you could have prayed for that at your house, in your car, on your job. Or while you're sitting out on, well, you won't be sitting out on the porch in this weather. <laughs> but if it was warm, while you're sitting out on the porch in the backyard. Uh, we need to take on some, res some responsibility for ourselves, for our own spiritual condition. Especially in light of the fact God has, has made us all priests. Now, that's not to say that there are not some prayer requests, some burdens that you're having that you need the help of your brothers and sisters. That's why we're here. But let's not get it twisted as Sister Green is famous for saying, <laughs> that all of your prayer requests have to come up in here. Yes, we, we have some people who, who made some lines famous by how they use it. And I didn't even have to say your name. You, you guys would know who it is. So he's extending the invitation to, to, to give people an opportunity to, re, to respond to what he has said. And I need for us to understand when the word of God is taught, open your hearts and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Stop coming up here closed off where you don't want to hear anything, 
where everything that you hear just goes in one ear and out the other, that doesn't help you spiritually. Amen. It doesn't help you to grow. It makes you a hypocrite and a Pharisee. And so I don't know about you, but every sermon I listen to, it reminds me that I can be better. It reminds me I'm not perfect. It reminds me I don't know everything. It reminds me that I need to be reminded every now and then. And if you're honest, it also reminds you that you need to be reminded of some things that you've heard before. But because of what goes on in a week, sometimes those things get crowded out. Uh, by all the urgency and the stuff that we go through on the job and with family members and, and driving in traffic and all that kind of stuff. So we need to open our hearts so that we can receive the engrafted word that God provides for us. And if we're able to do that, then we can have the appropriate response when the word of God is delivered. And you don't look to see, well, what is somebody else going to do? No, th th this word is for you. So if nobody else in your family gets anything, you ought to get something from it. And some of us wait uh, for family members to want to have a, have a conversation. So you, we had to recognize some of us have family members that are not all that concerned about their spirituality. But you need to be concerned about yours. And maybe if you go ahead and do the right thing, they'll follow your example and get with the program. And that's not even my sermon. So let me give you a brief summary from, well, no, I haven't even told you the title, have I? Okay. Uh, the title is, Do You Know How to Inspect Fruit? Do you know how to inspect fruit? And I'm talking about more than what you do when you're in the grocery store. Some of you go, over the, go in the fruit section and you start picking grapes and sampling them. When you know you're not even going to pay for them, you just want to get a sample. Uh, some of you go in there, you want to pick up the oranges and the apples uh, and the grapefruits or whatever this is, touching them to see how much they weigh and all that kind of stuff. Now, remember, we're in the age of COVID. Nobody wants the food you have touched on and stuff like that. But we don't think about that because we're doing our own inspection. Let's those of you who've gone grocery shopping this week, how many of you pinched off the grapes? Okay, we got one person that, that told the truth. Okay. Yeah, you, you guys know you do that. Uh, those of you who go to BJ's, you used to like it when they have the samples out there. Uh, and I'm sure some of you are brave enough to try some now, but others of you will just pass on by. But I'm talking about more than just a superficial external inspection. Because what Jesus addresses in our text is that you and I need to pull out the microscope. We need to put out the magnifying glass and look at this thing and look at the person who's speaking to make sure what's coming out of their mouth is consistent with the revealed word of God. And a lot of times we don't do that. We just accept what people say. It sounds good to us. It tickles our ears and we just start quoting it. And don't even know if it's right. It just sounded good. And then some of us will even uh, dare to throw some of that stuff out in our Bible classes. Just because you heard it, you read it on the internet. Or you'll come to the teacher outside of class and say, what do you think about this? Okay, I'll be, I'll, some of you have come to me with some of this stuff. And I'm thinking, why are you reading this? Why are you asking me what I think about it? You, already, you ought to already know what I think about it, especially when it veers away from Scripture. Yeah. You've been around the church long enough. You know what's consistent with what you know about scripture and what is it. So if somebody is coming to you today with something new you have never heard of, you need to reject that. Do you know how to inspect fruit? So last week, and when we got into the beginning of the sermon, we talked about two things. There are two gates. There's a narrow gate and there's a wide gate. You guys remember that? So you and I are on the road to the narrow gate or the wide gate. There are no other choices. You may want to be on one, but you need to look at how you're living your life and what you're doing, and that's going to really determine what gate you're trying to go through. There are two ways. You can either go through the narrow way or you can go through the broad way. The narrow way requires that we've got to do, give some thought. We've got to be decisive. We've got to let some stuff go. We've got to unpack some baggage. The broad way, you can carry as many suitcases as you want to, like some of you do when you're traveling. You, you, you carry more than what you need because just in case something happens. Well, that's what Walmart is for in the place you're going. 
Okay, am I the only one who recognizes if I need some lotion and I forgot to put it in there, I can go down to Walmart and get some lotion. Instead of fretting over uh, a, a, a small bottle of lotion. Okay, I guess that's just me. That's just, that's just me and Brian. He said amen on that, so I, I guess he understands what I'm talking about. Then there are two groups. There are those who are headed for destruction, and then there are those that are headed for eternal life. The only two groups. You're either headed to heaven or you're headed to hell. We all want to be headed to heaven, but if you're not living right, you're not headed there. That's just telling you the truth, which is what false teachers, which is in our text, will not tell you. So you are either traveling with the few or the many. Remember, the few are going on the narrow road, or trying to go through the narrow gate. The many are going through the broad way, where you can just have it your way. You can believe what you want to do. You can serve God any old kind of way you want to, because it's about my heart, and I feel. Your feelings need to match what the word of God has to say. That's how you know that you're in a secure place. In our text, Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits, the S there. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So Jesus starts this with a warning. Beware. He gives us a warning sign. If you're going to follow Jesus, then you need to be aware that there are some people out there who will teach some things that are contrary to what Jesus has said. And I know for some of us, it's hard to believe that. We just say all religious people are on the same page and, and it's, they're worshiping the same God. That's not true. You have people who worship Jesus and you have people who worship others. Anybody who's worshiping someone other than Jesus is worshiping falsely is not worshiping acceptably to God. So beware. That's why you need to be aware of who you listen to on the radio. You need to be aware of whose TV ministry programs you watch. Uh, that's why you need to be careful of whose blogs you're reading. Because all of us are not spiritually mature enough to separate the meat from the bones. You know, uh, when you grow up, uh, your parents and grandparents are warning you when you eat fish that has bones in it. You got to be careful. Anybody ever uh, eaten some fish and you got a bone kind of stuck there? And all the home remedies come out trying to get that thing to pass through. Uh, eat some bread, all this whole kind of stuff. Drink this and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know some of you have been there. Uh, because somebody didn't follow directions or they thought, well, I know how to pick the meat from these bones until you get a bone stuck. And now you wish you had listened to. So there is a warning here. He says, beware of false prophets. So at the very outset, Jesus says, these are not genuine. These are not true individuals. They are prophets. They are people who speak. They are preachers, but they are false prophets. So you and I need to recognize that we live in a world where there are a whole bunch of preachers a whole bunch of church leaders. They don't all belong to God. Yes, they represent a church somewhere. They may even be in your family. They may be your good friends. You may have gone, school with, gone to school with them and now they've come out and gone to seminary and all that kind of stuff. But you and I need not let those things cloud our judgment when it comes to who are we gonna follow? Are we going to follow what the word of God has to say that God's messenger will deliver? Are we going to follow somebody who has created something, tailored something to the appetite of the masses? 
there have always been false prophets. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13. And we'll hear what Moses has to say about false prophets. Deuteronomy chapter 13, and we'll start with verse number 1 and read through verse number 5. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall, not, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So we don't recognize that false prophets pull us away from where God wants us to be. They give you license to go in a direction that God has not authorized. And even in the text, uh, Moses said, even if the false prophet says something that comes to pass, but they are leading you in the wrong direction, you reject that person. And so God is calling us to stand up and be men and women and don't fall for the okie doke. If somebody is saying and doing something that's inconsistent with what you know scripture says, you need to question it. You need to challenge it. One of the things that impressed me most when I became a member of the Church of Christ when I was in Oklahoma is that the preacher or the brothers would say, if there's anything we say or do here that you don't understand, please ask us questions afterwards. Anybody remember that? Now, you hardly hear that said uh, today. But that impressed me as somebody who grew up in a situation where that was never said. And you were not expected to question the preacher. But here uh, is an environment where people are saying, if you don't understand what we're saying, if something is confusing, if you want more detail on it, ask a question. And I'm thankful that that was offered, and it helped me as a person growing in the faith to begin to understand. Take as much time as you need to explain the word of God. Now, some of you knew Crenshaw. And so that's on Wednesday nights. It's two hours after Bible class is over. We're still at the building. Now, I know that's foreign to some of you because as soon as a dismissal, you're ready to hit the road. But I came up at a time where folk would stand out in the parking lot and just talk for two or three hours. Yeah, they had to go to work the next day. Their children had to go to school. But the fellowship and the discussion was so interesting that they stayed there. You see husband and wife, somebody just go in the car and sit there and patiently wait on their spouse. Notice I said that because some of you would go to the car and you pouting and we can see you a mile away that your spouse is going to get it when you get back to the car. But there was a time where, where we, we enjoyed the fellowship and the discussion of the word of God. Now, if you got something to say past five minutes, we don't have time. We got to schedule some time next week. Lest I stray too far. So, so the point being, be careful of false prophets. See, false prophets are always, can always find willing listeners. You know why? Because there are people who don't want to do what the word of God has to say. There are people who don't want to go to the church that God uh, sent his son to die for, and they'd rather create another church where they can do what they want to do. Even in the church of Christ, some of you know folk who got dissatisfied with what the preacher at church A was saying, so they run over to church B. Because all they want to do is just sing all day. <laughs> and so false prophets can find a way to thrive because you always have people who are dissatisfied with God's way. See, the only way for any of us to accept God's way is that you got to be transformed out of the flesh. 
Because what you naturally want to do is not what the Father wants you to do. And the interesting thing is that the Father gives us in Scripture his reasons for why he wants us to live a certain way, act a certain way, conduct ourselves. But we overlook that because we want to feed the flesh. And guess what? False prophets, they know that and they provide what you want. You want a 15-minute sermon? There are places you can go and get a 15-minute sermon, but we're going to sing for an hour. False prophets are wrong and they're dangerous. They're dangerous because they affect people's souls. And sometimes we're not concerned about eternal life in the moment. We're just concerned about feeling good right now. Folk, all of us are going to die one day. You and I need to be concerned about right now where we're going to spend eternity. Not, well, I'll wait on that for 50 or 60 years. Really? In this day and age, you think you got 50 or 60 years? promise to you? False prophets, they sound sincere. You don't believe me? Uh, some of you watch Joel Osteen. You, you sitting there with a 16,000 member uh, audience and you right there soaking up all the positive motivational stuff he gives. He not going to give you no doctrine, but he's going to make you feel good. And he's going to make you feel good so much that you're going to uh, go to the internet Pull out your phone and text them a donation. <laughs> Sound doctrine. False prophets, they look sharp. Tailored suits. High dollar shoes. Driving the kind of cars that you only wish you could have. Living in a mansion in the suburbs behind gates. And you can barely live in your shack. Yeah, your shack. And in comparison to that mansion, is a shack. And so they can look good because you're giving them all your money. And, and we just, well, uh, he, he or she sounds so good that, you know, I just got to do it. God calls you, if you're a Christian, to be engaged in a part of a local congregation, not a national ministry. And some of us get so caught up on these national preachers, all you do is what, all you know is what you see on TV or hear on the internet. You don't know that person. And, and I'll share a little bit later in the lesson uh, some of the things that have happened with some of these guys that now that they've happened, people wish now they'd never associated with them. But Jesus starts out with a beware. A warning. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Notice he says sheep's clothing. So the idea is not that they come to you looking like sheep. They come to you dressed like the person who leads the sheep, the shepherd. You're going to follow the shepherd. You're going to follow the leader. You're not following sheep. Even at our current guest, you don't follow the people sitting next to you on the pew. You follow the leaders here. So if the leader is false, if the leader is not connected to God and he is leading people, then he can lead a whole bunch of folk astray. The sheep sitting next to you probably can't even leave their own house. So they're not going to do damage to us to the extent that if we had a bad shepherd. See, now y'all begin to understand why, why Satan likes to take down leaders. Because when he can take down leaders, he's going to influence the whole congregation. If he takes down just a, a sheep, a person sitting on the pew, it may affect two or three people, but it's not going to tear up the whole congregation. He tear down a leader, the whole congregation is messed up. You can't even worship. That's why you need to be careful who you follow. So in the Old Testament, prophets were, were recognized by what they wore. And I, I mentioned here Elijah, 2 Kings, and John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 3. They came looking rough. And, and, and God gave them directions on how they ought to dress because God wanted his leader different than the folk they were called to lead 
or preach or teach to. We live in a culture now where people don't want that distinction. Now, come on, some of you grew up at a time where the preacher was somebody. He wasn't just another brother at the church building. Uh, he was somebody. He was coming to your house. You cleaned it up. <laughs> you, you had a little food ready in case he was hungry. He didn't come up to you dress, uh, dressed with his shirt tail hanging out and shirt all wrinkled and stuff like that. He came to you in a nice suit. But we've gotten so sensitized to society, we will come even to worship brothers, not conscious of the fact that you're God's representative. And when you get up before God's people, you ought to look like it. And so I had a conversation with some of our brothers here a few, a few months ago. When you come to lead us in worship, dress like a leader. These wrinkled up shirts, these untucked shirts, all that's fashionable when you're sitting out on the pew and when you walk in the street. But when you're coming up and leading here, look like you're a man of God. Now, yeah, I know that's old-fashioned, and some of you say he's crazy and all that kind of stuff. I may be crazy. But it is a clear distinction that to show that I have reverence for God and for God's house. Because our society is dumbing down how we dress. Some of you dress better for a football game than you do coming to worship service. And I have seen some of you at a football game. Okay, you don't believe that one. Some of you dress better to go to the prom. Your children dress better to go to You go out and spend $1,000 on a dress and a couple hundred dollars on a pair of shoes that they're going to wear one day. Well, no, it's not even one day, one night. And holy jeans, exercise pants, all that kind of stuff is appropriate to come up in worship service. And you don't even put a long shirt on to cover your tight behind. <laughs> and it's not just the young sister. Some of you old enough to be somebody's mama and grandmama. Some of you husbands ought to say something to your wife about how she looks when she comes out of the house. There's one way for her to dress that way in home. There's a whole nother when she comes out of the house. And there ought to be another thing when she comes to the church building. Stand up and be a man. Oh, you afraid she's going to stop cooking for you, huh? <laughs> Let me get back to the lesson. I don't want to stir up any trouble. Because you got to go home with that woman. So, so there, there, there's a way God told the man of God to dress, to create a distinction between him and the people he was leading. And we need that distinction. Some of you, the reason your children don't respect you is you act more like their friend than their parent. And so once that gets in, into your child's mentality, it is hard for them to now relate to you as mom and dad, as a parent, as the authority figure. Because you've been acting like you're, you're their best friend all these years. But he says, be careful of, 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 of those who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. They're not just wolves. The text says they are ravenous wolves. They are, they're the kind of wolves that will tear you apart from limb to limb. So wolves at this time were, were natural enemies of sheep. They looked for sheep that went astray from the fold. They were out there by themselves. You, you guys have seen the, the Nature Channel and how these wild animals just pounce on a weak animal that is away from the fold. And so that's the idea that Jesus is sharing with us, that these false teachers are just like wolves who ripped sheep to shreds. Our problem is we don't see it as being that bad. So we'll go to the T.D. Jakes conference. You'll go to the Joyce Myers conference. Joel Osteen came to town. Some of you would go down to TD, uh, TD Gardens or wherever it is he's having his thing. And you don't understand that entertainment that you're going to get. Those false ideas that are being planted in your head will come back to haunt you down the line. Because it sounds good. It is pleasing. It's motivating. And then you get to the point where you don't want to hear sound teaching. Church, the teaching of scripture is designed to cut us. 
Now, in the run of a year, if you don't get no cuts in the sermon, you need to get another preacher. Because he's a surgeon who's not handling the word of God right. We get cut because of the sin that's in our lives. We get cut because there are areas of our lives that need to change. And some of the cuts, you can't get them little small band-aids on. You know, you need to go and get some of these, these huge uh, sponges, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, gauze and all that kind of stuff. And get some stitches. And you may even need to go to uh, ER. False teachers are just as dangerous as wolves. But because we don't see anything wrong with it, or we're not feeling like, but it's planning false ideas in your head. It's planning and undermining what you know scripture says. God says marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what God says. That's what the Bible says. False teachers will say it is okay to marry whoever you love. That's what they will say. That's not what God says. False teachers will say it's okay if you're living together. You need to know if you're compatible and all that kind of stuff. Better to do that than to get married and then get a divorce. At least if you do that and it doesn't work out, then you can just go your separate ways. That's what the world wants to hear, but that, is that what God said? The world says it's okay to drink a little bit. The world says we'll even legalize marijuana for you. Is it okay to get a little buzz? And the list goes on and on of things the world says and that is even permissible in some churches. But you're not going to see that in the word of God. And you and I need to begin to understand we need some genuine, sincere teachers of the word who are not afraid that folk going to get mad at them. Who are not afraid that folk going to leave the church because you're teaching the truth of scripture. I said at 8 o'clock, there are some people who left our congregation, and I was ready to wave. Bye-bye. <laughs> I was not going to beg them to stay. As a matter of fact, I saw it as a blessing for them to leave. Because we'll hold on to people who continually stir up mess. Instead of recognizing God sometimes has to weed out folk. And leave them alone. Let them go. When they come to their senses, we'll still be here. And they'll be welcome back. But we're not going to cater to folk that do not want to accept the doctrine of Scripture. And you need to stop compromising and saying your friendship with some of these folk are so important that you're willing to uh, enter their world of rebellion against God. I, I don't have any friends that I love more than God. Okay. I don't have any family members that I love more than God. Amen. And so he reminds us in verse number 16, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A fruit tree will bear Fruit. I believe it was October. A group of us from the congregation went apple picking. Outstanding experience. I can't wait for us to go this year. I had one bag last year. I'm going to get two bags when we go uh, next year. I was fascinated by all these apple trees and the fruit hanging from them. And the fact I could just go up there and pull it off and hear the leaf crack when I pulled it off. Then I could bite into it and get a nice big bite and the juice be running out of the apple. Fresher than if I got it at the grocery store. And because there were several different apples in the orchard that we were in, I got one from this tree and got one from that tree and ate both of them. 
and wasn't even worried about coronavirus. We're out in the open. I saw the apple tree and saw apples. Now, now when I walked around, I looked to make sure it looked healthy and all that kind of good stuff. And, and most of them look healthy. The ones that didn't look healthy, I just ignored them. Fruit trees are supposed to bear fruit. If you're looking at a fruit tree and there's no fruit on it, you need to say, what's wrong? Yeah. There's, a, there's a lesson in the Bible where Jesus looks at a tree and it's not where it's supposed to be. So the idea of fruit has to do with doctrine. It has to do with motives. It has to do with standards. It has to do with lordship. It has to do with ambition. So when we're looking at the fruit from this prophet or this teacher, what is he or she all about? What are their motives for what they're doing? What are their standards? What are their loyalties? Well, what's, 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 what's their goal? What are they trying to get? Because truth has revealed with some of these guys and ladies, they just want your money. Kids want your money. They want the prestige of saying we got 16 or 20,000 members at our church. Now, come on. You can't even get them 16 or 20,000 people in one place unless you're at a football stadium or something. You definitely can't disciple all them folk. And all those folk are not coming and being taught. They are tuning in. You guys know how you even do on the Zoom here. You turn it on, you Zoom, put your camera on, and go to another room. But I, but I worship. If you want to be a legalist, but you know, heart-wise, you didn't worship. And so again, the, the, we need to look at the fruit that's coming from what these individuals are saying. And so Jesus makes it clear. Do you get grapes from thorn bushes? Do you get figs from thistles? No, you don't. And so be careful of what you're looking for because we will read into people and situations stuff that's not there. So we'll give people credit even though you haven't seen it. Well, he must be a man of God since he's a preacher. Really? She must be a, a woman of God because she's a preacher. Really? Do you know scripture? If you know new scripture, you know she has no business preaching. Amen. Oh, I think I said something there. Our world, uh, we, we, we're living in a state now where uh, women ought to be able to do everything a man can do. She needs to be able to do everything God has permitted her to do. Amen. God hasn't permitted a woman to preach in his church. Now, in these false churches, you, you see it all the time. And you and I need to begin to understand, when we start seeing practices that are anti this, they're false. It doesn't matter how popular the person is. It doesn't matter how large the church is. It doesn't matter who believes it. It's not consistent with what you know about the word. So stop second guessing. Well, I guess it may be okay because she's a good speaker. There are a whole lot of men who are good speakers that are not preachers. So it needs to be more than they're a good speaker. It needs to be somebody that God has called to this. And God is not going to call uh, someone to a role that he's already specifically forbidden them to have. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. You and I can see the difference between a good and a bad tree. Verse number 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. If you're looking at a tree and you're honest, you can see what's hanging down. Now, sometimes in order to be see what's hanging out, you got to look close. See, if all you do is just look at the screen on the TV program or listen to the internet broadcast and all that kind of stuff, you, you may not understand the real person you're dealing with. But when you start listening, really listening to what they're saying, then you can better evaluate, inspect what they're saying. <coughs> some of us, no, some of you, like rap music. And, and you start listening to it, and you start patting your feet and nodding your head, Sister Allison, because uh, the beat is good and all that. But just sometimes you lose sight of what the person is saying. Them words, he or she, or now she, 
You got, you got some women who are just as bad with some of that language as some of these men are. But, but, but you like the beat, and you're bobbing your head and all that, snapping your fingers, and, 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 and you try and find the CD, or you, I guess some of you modern, you just download it. Is that what you all do? You know, what's that? Apple Music, whatever, you don't even buy CDs. Okay. That's my generation. But you get so caught up in the sound and the appearance that you don't listen to the content. Because if you listen to the content of some of this stuff, you'd be ashamed to be listening to it. Because there's an ungodly message there. He says, every good tree will bear good fruit. How will you know? You'll see it. It shows. Every bad tree is going to bear bad fruit. How do you know? Because you're going to see it there. And you cannot overlook what's obviously right in front of you. Okay. So I, I have some people that I grew up with. Uh, some of them I consider friends and whatnot. They are scoundrels. <laughs> I'll tell you, they're scoundrels. I, I got some family members that are questionable. But guess what? I grew up with them. They're my family members. So I got to love them, even though I think they're scoundrels. But I'm not blind to what I see. That's the point I'm trying to get us to see. Stop being blind to what's obviously in front of you. Some of you sisters, this joker is a dog. What makes you think he's not going to dog you? He dogged every other woman he's been with. But you special. You, you got the hookup or something. Fella? What's the song? Smoking out the window? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I listen so I can know what you guys are listening to. And I know how to use them in these lessons. So some of you guys are you guys in here smoking out the window. Being used and you don't even realize it. And then your heart gets all broken and now you act like all men are no good, all women are no good. It's about your choices. So you need to recognize that trees will bear fruit according to what they are. And some of you have been around the bush long enough to know if it walks like a duck, quack like a duck, then it must be a duck. Stop, stop acting like you don't see what's right there in front of you. So verses 19 and 20 helps us to understand how we can tell Jesus says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So I want to give you three tests that we need to use as we inspect fruit. First of all, look at the character of the person. If you follow a person long enough, you will see who the real person is. Our problem is that we don't take enough time to investigate, to observe, to inspect before we start labeling people as legitimate. Take some time to look at the person's character because in the course of time, people will show you who they are. That's why folks who want to get married, you need a, a, a long enough engagement so you can see this person in different settings. You need to see them when they get upset. You don't want to find out if you're married and they're going to beat you up. So if you find that out when you're dating, then you say bye-bye. You need to see how they treat their parents. Because guess what? That's how they're going to treat your parents. So what's their character? Because we, we, we have willingly blinded ourselves, we assume we know people because we worship with them. You don't know anybody just because you sit beside them for an hour or two on Sunday. It's when we go to the church picnic. When we go to the fellowship activities, when you go over their house, they come over your house. When you're just standing around talking, you go out to lunch. Now you begin to get an insight on this person's character. And so the same thing happens when you look at teachers. As you get to know them, spend time with them, listen to what they're saying, ask them some questions about what they say, where, how they get their material. Now you're getting into character. You start looking at how does he or she conduct themselves away from the Sunday environment. So you learn a whole lot about us when you meet us on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and you sure enough know a whole lot about us on Friday and Saturday that you wouldn't see on Sunday because some of you let your hair down when the weekend comes. 
And even if you don't let your hair down, you go buy some that you can let down. You know it's true. We gotten caught up in the world. Instead of just being who you are, short hair and all, bald head and all, whatever it is, be genuine. And a lot of these false prophets, when you begin to see their real character, you start asking yourself, why did I ever buy their book? Why did I ever go to their concert? Or why did I ever go to their conference? Look at their doctrine. Look at what they teach. So people who are teaching that gay relationships are acceptable, that it is acceptable uh, to get an abortion, that it's okay to not be consistent in your worship service because we worship God in our heart and they point, point, point to this thing instead of up here. When people start giving you outs for what you know you ought to be doing, you need to call and question that. Or you're reading in their books, you know, the first 10 chapters seem to be on, on the mark, but you get into chapter 11, and they're saying, if you want to be saved, just pray the sinner's prayer. Just ask the Lord to come into your life, and, and you'll be a Christian. Now, that ought to tell you something right there, because you cannot read that in Scripture. And at that point, you need to close that book up. But you look at the character, you look at the doctrine or the teaching that they have, but also look at the people who make up their churches. Look at where their priority is. Is their priority on that personality or is it on God? Now, we got to be honest. There are people who their, their, their priorities and their focus is on the personality of whoever their leader is, not on God. And we all never get that confused here. I'm a man, a human being, just like the rest of you. I am continually pointing you to God, not to me, because he's your example. I'm trying to measure up to him just like you are. And while I may think I'm a pretty good person, I know I got issues and weaknesses just like you guys. But if I point you to Jesus, and you, got, you, you can't have no problem there. And sometimes we want to be compared to people because now we feel better. You know, because they got problems just like I am, so they can't say anything about this or the other. And that's why some people go to certain churches, because certain issues are not going to be talked about. The preacher can't talk about having children out of wedlock, because his daughter had some out of wedlock. Sound familiar? And then Jesus says that every, every bad tree is going to be cut down and burned. That's destruction. So it may appear these megachurch pastors are doing well now, and they are living the high life now. But there's a day coming called Judgment Day where all this stuff that they have taught, all this stuff that they're doing is going to come into question, and we're going to see what's going to happen then. That's why you all not the envious of people who outwardly look like they're prospering. You don't know the real story. Do some investigation. Do some inspection to find out what's going on. Uh, we are to be fruit inspectors. You have the right to ask questions. And if someone refuses to answer the question, especially in the leadership role, you, you ought to give them, give them the eye. You ought to give them the eye and say, we need to have a meeting. Can I meet with you? That's your right. If you're going to be listening to somebody who's telling you what to do, you need to make sure they're right. And not just go along with the program, because uh, everybody else is going along with the program. Well, let me go ahead and end this thing. As we end this lesson, let me give you four thoughts. One is, listen to the prophet with discernment. Don't just swallow stuff simply because somebody says it. Filter it through what you know about God and what you know about Scripture. It needs to line up with what you know that's written in the Word. Don't just go on feelings because there are a whole bunch of folk on the Broadway who are just basing their salvation on how they feel. You and I need to base our salvation on what we know. 
Now, that doesn't mean you won't have any feelings. Because when you know you're right with God, you can be happy. When you know you're right with God, you can sleep at night. When you know you're right with God, you can get on an airplane and go wherever you need to go. And not worry about it falling out of the sky. So listen with discernment. Because there comes a point in our growth where you and I ought to be able to critically listen to what we're hearing. Not to nitpick on stuff. But listen to it to, to, be, to determine, is it consistent with the word of God? Because there, there are a lot of times you may disagree with the way a person said something. Your issue is, is the content right? Now, if the content is right, then you just got to bite your lip on the fact, I don't like how you say it. Because there's somebody, I guarantee you, who doesn't like the way you say stuff. We're getting, we want to get to know the truth. Secondly, check everything you hear being taught. There's a reason why I would encourage you to take some notes when you're in the, in the Bible class or in the worship service. Take some notes on what you hear. Go back and review those notes. And if something uh, is there that does not jive, it doesn't meet uh, your understanding, ask a question about it. There's nothing wrong with asking a question. A godly teacher is not going to get an attitude or get mad at you because you ask a question. As a matter of fact, they're going to be happy that they get now to give you a personal lecture. And so when you do that, they're probably giving you a 15 or 20 minute answer. Sister Brittany, I know you do that. Because people who know the word of God, they love talking about it. So if you start asking them questions, you need to sit down and be ready for this 30 minute response. So check everything you are hearing. Acts chapter 17, verse number. You know about the Bereans? We need some noble people who don't mind when, when we're going through the, the Bible class or the lesson, when the preacher goes to passages, you open up your book. You look to see if, he's even, if what he's saying is actually in Scripture. Now don't get bent out of shape because you got one translation and that person got another. The words pretty much mean the same thing. Recognize that there are true and they are false prophets even today. And, and a lot of times we don't like talking about this and we don't like calling names. Well, I'm going to call a few names. Anybody remember Jim Jones in the People's Temple? Took some people from California and took them somewhere, uh, I think, in South America. And when the going got tough, uh, they all drank the Kool-Aid and committed suicide and died. But they were following a person. They weren't following God. Anybody remember a guy by the name of Oral Roberts who used yeah. to be in Tulsa? Yeah. I remember Oral Roberts said God was going to kill him unless he raised a, a certain number of millions of dollars. Anybody remember that? Okay, anybody remember Jimmy Swaggart? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Swaggart who used to criticize everybody out there, but then he got caught frequenting prostitutes. But he had masses of people following him. Okay, I know some of you know Creflo Dollar. Just a few years ago, he needed a new private jet. And I forgot what he said it cost, 27 million, 20 million. And he had the audacity, he wanted a new private jet, but he wanted the people to pay for it. Now, I'm hoping none of you send him any money when you can barely afford your car payment. And he's going to help somebody get a private jet. Now, those are just some Individual. I, I could be talking for the next 15 minutes about people who have been exposed to not be genuine. Now, even as I say this about them, these people still have people who believed in them, who followed them, and they, some of them they still are following. But they're following the personality, not God. Now, these are denominational false teachers. Now, come on, now I can go down the line with some Church of Christ folk who are in the same situation. Because we will act like, and we'll talk about those individuals, but we won't deal with us. Amen. We got some hustlers in the church, too. Amen. That's why they want to do gospel meetings all year long when they're supposed to be a local, local preacher. Amen. Now, how is it you're going to have a full-time job, but you get a week's vacation or two every month? Amen. How long are you going to keep that job? How, how, how long are you going to keep a job? You're supposed to be, you got a full-time job, but two or three weeks out of the, the month, you're gone somewhere. Right. And other folk are doing your work while you, you think the company's going to keep you? Mm -hmm. 
Or you think one of them times you come back on a trip and somebody can call you in the office and say, uh, uh, thank you for your service. And here's your severance package. And we wish you good luck in what you're going to do. Heaven belongs to those whose fruit matches their doctrine. So I don't know about you, but every time I listen to a sermon or I'm listening to a Bible class, I'm listening critically. Not to be a critic, but I'm listening because I want to learn something. So I'm listening to see, does this harmonize with what I know about Scripture? What does the passage mean? How can I apply it? How's it going to help me to be a better person? If it's something new, then I got a question for the person. Because if you get a new revelation, then we got a problem. And you know some of these guys and some of these ladies, well, you know, God told me last night. And so when they say that, I'm listening. Okay, what did, I wonder what God told them, because he didn't tell me nothing last night. And let, me, let me hear what God told you. Everything that you and I need to know is right here. It's right here. What we need to do is open it up and read it and study it for ourselves. And so we know uh, just as much as we think we know a whole lot, there's double that that we don't know because we've never taken the time to systematically study scripture. And that's a part of why God allows us to keep on living so that we can get more and more familiar with his word so that we can understand him and how he wants us to live our lives so that we don't go into serving God based on what we think and based on what we've heard uninspired people say. So the question on the floor, have you been inspecting the fruit? So as you have been listening to teachers and preachers over the years, have you ever really taken the time to critically get to know the person, their background, understand their religious persuasion? Because let's be real, most of the religious books we buy are not written by members of the church. So, so you ought to already start knowing that I'm, I'm listening, I'm reading something from somebody who's not a Christian. So do not go into that unawares of that. So you, you listen to or you, the things that you read, you pair it up with what you know the word of God said. And a lot of times they're right on spot with the word. So you say amen to that. But some of that stuff you get in there and say, oh, that's a little questionable there. Let me put an X on that page. And you need to be able to have the critical discernment to know that. Because come judgment day, just like the false prophet is going to have to stand for him or herself, you and I are going to have to stand for ourselves. This day, if you have a statement, you have a prayer request, or you have a confession that you need to make, uh, we're going to give you the opportunity in a moment to do that. If you're in our audience and you have a prayer request, we're going to ask that you write it on a card that's in the back of the uh, seats. Uh, when you complete that, if you would simply raise your hand and one of our brothers will come and collect it. For those who are streaming, if you have a prayer request, we're going to ask that you go ahead and send that in to our media ministry. Hopefully uh, that has already been done, but again, if you have that need, uh, please go ahead and fill out uh, those forms and our brothers will assist you at the appropriate time. God wants us, through Jesus, to make it to heaven. And he gives us, or he extends his invitation to us so that we can get our minds focused and begin to recognize everybody who stands up and calls themselves a preacher is not God's preacher. We can know that intellectually, but not necessarily know it on a practical level because we'll get caught up in situations where it just sounds too good or I don't want to hear what the word of God has to say, so let me grab a hold to what this person said. Anytime you take the word of a man or woman over God, you're in trouble. A godly man, a godly woman will simply share with you what thus saith the Lord. 
and then you have to determine how you're going to respond to it. Because we, we, can't, we can't make you respond. We can simply share with you clear teaching of Scripture. And that's why the, when the invitation is extended, the person who wants to respond does. And the person who doesn't, doesn't. And then we move on with the rest of the service. This is the second Sunday in the new year, isn't it? Yeah, we're already uh, moving on into the new year. And I'm hoping that as we are moving, progressing into the new year, we are determining I'm going to be better in 2022 than I was in 2021. And one of the ways to be better is to listen to what the Word of God has to say and be honest with the revelation that the Holy Spirit gives you about your spiritual condition. Don't ignore it. Don't say, oh, I got time to get that together. The only time any of us have is right now. Xavier, what, what's our invitation song? Restore my spirit. Anybody need their spirit to be restored? Anybody need to be transformed, made over, renewed? And if that's your wish, that's your desire, uh, please let it be known as we now stand and sing.